Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast here on episode 241. Today, we're going to be having a, a repeat guest back on the show, a, a student of Booked and Paid to Speak, and also one of our coaches now who's doing a lot of coaching with our students. And so if you would like to work with us, if you'd like our help with a system for how to find and book speaking gigs, definitely encourage you to stop by and check out thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply, where we can walk you through our system, learn more about your goals, and uh, talk through some different ways we might be able to work together. So we touched on that a little bit today, but if you want our more in-depth one-on-one and group coaching help, then definitely check out thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right, so today we're going to be talking with Rick Clemens, and uh, Rick is a very smart dude. We're going to be talking about all things speaker branding. So what is the uh, the brand that you want to be representing, and uh, how do you make sure that you're representing that into the world? So we're going to be talking about your uh, your website, your clothing, the difference between a name and a company, the values that you represent. We're going to give you some different examples of uh, speakers and, and what their brand represents. So a lot of great examples, a lot of great case studies that we're going to be sharing with you today as well. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Rick Clemens. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Today, joined by my buddy Rick Clemens. And uh, Rick is uh, not only what he went through Booked and Pay to Speak, our program, a while back, but is also one of our, our coaches now and works with a lot of our students. So, uh, Rick, thanks for hanging out with us today. Of course, of course. So let's start with this. You're actually you were on the show before, back in episode 208. Um, yep. But just for some quick context sake, do a good amount of speaking and coaching yourself. Why don't you give us, give us a quick snapshot on uh, who you speak to, what you speak about? And sure, sure. It, you know, it, it kind of, <laughs> it's a moving target at times that I feel like at this point, what I'm really speaking to is the people who are really stuck in life. Like, okay, I need to do something. I'm going to do this, but my fears are in the way. I know this thing is kind of big or it may seem really big to them, but they want to quit apologizing. It's been really interesting, Grant, in the last few months that this message is starting to get me into some corporate gigs doing some experiential workshops because I'm starting to see that these companies are tired of apologizing for not making productivity numbers or profits or whatever. And they're realizing this team stuff is starting to happen. And so it's a really cool space to be playing in. It's a little shift from where I was. I do a lot of work with men. That's typically where I, I play. I'm still playing in that arena, men's groups, men's retreats, you know, anywhere that like there's groups of men who are ready to do something different and stop apologizing. Mm -hmm. But at this stage, I'm seeing a doorway open for these experiential workshops. And that tells me I'm leaning into what I know I do best. I'm a speaker who does experiential workshops. So that's kind of where I'm at. Cool. And that's a good example too of one of the things we talk a lot about with 
students that you and I both coach is, is those who feel like they have to nail it from the first try in terms mm-hmm. of who they speak to, what's the problem that they solve. And really, it's kind of an evolving process. You pick a starting yeah. point and you kind of uh, you, you shift as you personally may shift and figure out what resonates with you, but also what the market's telling you if this works or this doesn't work, or I'm yep. really passionate about this topic, but I cannot get anyone to book me for it versus here's a way I can kind of position it to a, a different type of marketer in a different type of way. And I am getting a lot of traction with that over, over there in a different world. Absolutely. And I think that it's the pivot. You know, when I'm working with our members and students around this, it's like, yes, we're going to point you down a pathway. I don't want you freaking out, even though they they do kind of freak out. Oh my God, I I can only talk to this. No, no, calm down. Take a, you know, take a Xanax, but we're going to get you where you need to go. But it's for the focus more than anything, but keep some options open. And as any of you who listen to the past podcast that I've been on, I started my world in the LGBTQ space. I was that coming out coach guy and I still do that. I just wrap it in a slightly different wrapper because even when I walk into these other corporate gigs, I'm using some of that same content. They just don't see it coming. And so I've learned how, okay, how do I pivot a little to the left? How do I go a little bit to the right to bring this to people? And it's still part of my overall brand. Yeah. So uh, on the, the subject of brand there, that's something that I know that we interact with a lot of students on who have a a tough time with is just really being consistent in their brand and in their branding. That's really what we're going to be talking about today. So let's start with it. Like, how would you define brand or branding? Well, being a branding guy, that's where I came from. I was a branding marketing guy in hospitality for over 20 some odd years. So I'm really dating myself. And yes, I'm an old fart. I'm 55 years old, but um, (laughs) it's one of those things that I say, it's the experience that somebody has so customer, whatever you want to call it, but the experience that somebody has with you, an organization or a product that kind of sets you apart from your competition or your rivals or whoever, it makes you stand out in the crowd. That's what branding is all about. And it can be anything, but for most people, and this is where everybody gets a little hung up, even outside of our speaker world, It's like, okay, so I have to have this color scheme. I have to have these fonts. I have to have this message, this mission. Yes, all those are part of it. So yes, you're doing right if that's what you're thinking. And then we get hung up on that stuff and we can't move forward. So you mentioned some of the design elements, and I think that's oftentimes what we think of when we think of, of branding. It's just kind of the yep. same consistent visual look, whether that's colors, you know, color scheme, color palette, fonts, just that kind of general look. And that's certainly part of it, of just having a, a consistent feel to that. But it's certainly much more than just what font you choose to use for your, mm-hmm. your, your, your personal brand. What other elements go into making up a, a consistent brand? Well, I feel like the thing that is consistent about brands, and it's interesting, and as we go through this, I want people to start thinking about, you know, who's a brand that you know, and who's a brand that you know that doesn't do it well? Who's really all over the place? Um, So Starbucks is a great example of a great brand. They're very consistent. You know, any of the big, you know, the big box stores, any of the big retailers, yes, they're pretty dang consistent. You can walk into any Starbucks, you pretty much know Here's how the shelves are going to be set up. Here's how the flow is going to go, all this stuff. But here's the interesting thing that unless you're paying close attention to it, it was about seven, eight years ago that Starbucks took the word Starbucks out of all their logos. It's just the mermaid. Hmm. But if anybody sees it, they know exactly what it is. Right. So that's where a brand has evolved to the space where it's that color scheme, it's that icon, it's that, you know, it is that mark that makes it. But 
a brand is the name, it's the design, it's the communication, it's what they stand for, it's how they interact, it's what you're known for, it's how you do things, and it's the experience. And I know I just laid out a whole bunch of stuff there. But as speakers, the brand is you. Right. And how people interact with you and all your different ways of showing up. And to me, that's what makes a brand is when you can truly see that a brand has life and a brand is truly like a person. Yeah. And you just start to think in those ways. That's how you begin to perceive brands. Yeah. So what does that look like for a, a personal brand, for a speaker of what are the things that we should be doing on a practical basis? Because I think we, it's one of those things like we, we get it whenever we see, like you mentioned, a, mm-hmm. you know, a Starbucks, a Google, an Apple, a Nike, some of these like major brands, major companies that we think about, or even, you know, going back to the artistic design side that you mentioned, Starbucks doesn't even have to have a name. They can, people see the green logo, the mermaid, they get it. You see the swoosh and you know that that's Nike. Mm-hmm. So you, we get these types of like visual pieces, but what are the things that a speaker needs to be doing or thinking through in order to give the same type of hopefully positive emotions <clears throat> that come associated with Uh, that's a Starbucks brand or an Apple brand or a Nike brand or whatever it may be. So I always say, start with who you are. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw one out there that I know you and I had jokes about this a few months ago when you posted something on Facebook about Marie Kondo and that your wife was like walking around saying spark joy, spark joy, something like that. (laughs) She's a great example a brand that suddenly anytime, okay, and some of you may not have heard of her, but go check her out and you'll be like, oh my gosh, she's everywhere. And who is she? she, Like in a nutshell. Yeah, she's a, I call her a simplistic brand. She is about decluttering and showing up with minimalism in a very simple way that creates joy. Yeah. Her whole thing is about joy. And if it doesn't spark joy, so there's her tagline, it really shouldn't exist in your life. So as a speaker, now I'm going to leave Marie, love her, hate her, all of those things. She, you know, she's, she's my little pet. I can pat her on the head because she's <laughs> littler than me for sure. But let's jump to Rick. So when I started to see myself moving from kind of my LGBTQ roots, but I didn't want to give up everything in that, I had to step back and I did some work with our mutual friend Tamson um, Webster. And we really started to like nut this down that what I did was help people break through their fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. And as that started to really unfold, and you've seen this over the past year and a half, two years, Grant, in in the work we've done, it's become, okay, if Rick's brand is about fears and boldness and no apologies, everything that I put out there needs to reflect that. So the colors on my website are bold. The way I show up is about me being a big, bold guy. I'm breaking through the status quo. So when you see photos of me on my website, you will never see Rick. I shouldn't say never, but there's, I think there's one picture on my whole website that shows me even in a suit coat. And it's a very casual suit coat because I'm about taking the bold, being who I truly am, showing up exactly as I am. And that helps people go, okay, this is who Rick is. This is how he shows up. Now that may not appeal to everybody. Yeah. But it appeals to the people that I'm reaching out to. Right. And it positions me as a bold guy. It, it positions me, my whole site, the wording and the content and everything, there is nothing I apologize for. Now, sometimes right. that doesn't fly either. 
but it all fits. And I put pretty much everything out there. If you look at some of the images on the site, you will see some images that are about that fear, people leaping off of hillsides and stuff like that. Not me, because I'm not that stupid, but it's that thing of being consistency and bringing your entire brand into everything you do. Gotcha. So how much of it is, in terms of, of brand, is you or the speaker being very strategic and determining what that looks like for them and kind of defining what it looks like and making sure that the market is clear on what that looks like versus the market kind of saying, this is the way we view you or this is the way that we, we see you. So again, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to two people that I know you've had on the podcast, Tamson and Neen James, and I'm going to encourage everybody to go look at their websites. Tamson is very much the mind the red thread, how do you find that common thing? There's like an interesting way of working with Tamsin where it's almost like, it's, it's kind of like the inventor in the lab. She, she likes digging in and getting precise and, and yet she's got a really interesting quirky side to her and a very fun side to her. Now that I've used all those descriptions, I invite people to go look at her website because that's exactly how she shows up. Yeah. However, her brand is red thread. So everything in that website is red. There's red, black, and white. That's kind of the palette of her website. But the other thing that Tamson does is she shows up very stylish. So everything about her brand is stylish. It's crisp. It's clean. It's clear. But it has these interesting little twists where it's almost like you can feel the inventor, the explorer in the brand, which is totally who Tamson is. This is what she does so beautifully. Now, let's pivot to the little pint-sized gal from Australia, Neen James. Neen's brand is pay attention and attention pays. Everything on her site, her brand, her color scheme causes you to pay attention because it's bold, similar to mine, but it, it's big letters. It's two color palettes, like a pink and kind of a, a purplish blue color that causes everything to pop. She's very much a pop person. She's got sparkly. She's got a winning smile. She's a little powerhouse. Mm -hmm. Everything that she does is about pay attention. And it grabs you when you look at her website. When I look at your website, the booked and paid to speak, it is about being ready to go do the work. But there's a comfort in the in the overall brand because it's not like, here, we're going to sell you a used car and you do this and we'll never talk to you again. There, my perception of your brand is there's a beautiful, warm color palette you show up authentically, you say what needs to be said. There isn't any like, we're just selling you something to like get you in the door. There's a comfort behind the way the brand presents itself. And good brands help you feel and experience something emotional. They help you feel that awareness of what you're looking for, find your problem, and they follow through with their brand promise. Interesting. One of the things you touched on there with like Neen and Tamsin is like with Tamson, for example, you mentioned there's Tamson Webster, the person, mm -hmm. the name, and then there's yep. Red Thread, which yep. is kind of the this overarching idea that she she teaches and that she has. Uh, and the same that you mentioned with like Neen, Neen James, the person versus, you know, attention pays or pay attention, yep. these kind of core ideas that she teaches. So how do you kind of differentiate between 
a name and a, and a company or an idea mm-hmm. that that name represents or that name is, is teaching. And that's one of the things that we run into. Yep. We, I know that, um, you know, we had this conversation maybe yesterday, I think, in yep. our private Facebook group for students of a new student who said, hey, I'm thinking about this for my company name. And right. you and I both immediately chimed in and said, your company name really doesn't matter right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're not booking, like organizations and groups aren't booking that. They're nope. booking you, the person. So how does a, a company name, a brand name fit in? And when as speakers, we, at the end of the day, we are the product. Right. So my personal perspective is a brand company name fits in when you can't get a domain. (laughs) That's a struggle. Mm -hmm. And that is the struggle is real folks. We get that. However, even the brand company name is a product of you. So let's go back to Neen and let's go back to Tamsin. Neen and Tamsin are the brand. Their products in Tamsin's world is the red thread. In means world, it is uh, pay attention or attention pays. That's a product. In my world, my product is life uncloseted because that's part of my brand. It's a product of mine. In your world, booked and paid to speak is a product of yours. My new podcast that's getting ready to start, 40 plus Real Men Real Talk, is a product. But each of those products aligns with my 40 plus Real Men thing is going to be about helping guys get out of their own way to stop apologizing for being the bozos they can be at times, to step up, do the thing they want to do, and move through those fears about being the kind of guy they want to do. It all aligns. Even in the description, even in the lead into the new podcast, all that stuff is built in there. So when you, as a speaker, can start to see the umbrella is you. You are the umbrella of the brand. Your courses, your books, your speaking engagements, your podcasts, all of those things are products. Now, each of those can be productized with a name, but it's still under your umbrella. I have a company name called Perfect Detour. The only reason I have that (laughs) is sometimes when I go to these conferences, I'm like, God, they asked for a company name. It's like, look stupid on your name badge when it says Rick Clemens, Rick Clemens. They're like, why is it printed double? Well, that's my company name, you know? Sometimes it's nice to have that. I don't really do anything with Perfect Detour, except it's now possibly going to become a product. It's possibly going to become the thing that I do with these experiential workshops. Gotcha. You mentioned the, there's the name side of it, the design side, the look side of it, but then there's also, like you mentioned, as personal brands, there's somewhat of the, the value side. Yeah. How does the, how do values fit into that? And is that something that again we are we need to be intentional and in saying like, hey, this is who I am and this is what I stand for, or is that just kind of it comes as kind of a byproduct of who we are anyway? How do values fit into it? I think it it, it aligns right out the gate with it. So um, as I was explaining to Grant before we hopped on the phone, I was doing one of our group calls yesterday, and I opened the call by talking to our elite members about you know what is it you stand for. And at first it was really quiet. And I said, trust me, you need to answer this question, one word or just a small phrase, what do you stand for? And it was really interesting to start to hear people say what they stood for. And there were a few, and I'm not going to point them out, but there were a few in the group. I'm like, that's interesting because that's not what you stand for in my mind as a speaker that I've already, you know, done some coaching with. For me, I stand for freedom. I stand for no regrets and I stand for doing the thing you're called to do. Now, if you think about those and I just kind of pulled those kind of like, let's nut this down. But if you look at what my brand, it is face your fears, make bold moves, quit apologizing. Those things are what I stand for because I am, I am committed to helping people do those things. 
That's where the values come in. As a mission statement and as a value, I will always say, I want people, the values that I stand for are integrity, transparency, and truth. Those are three of my solid ones, which again, fit right into what I'm saying. You got to be in integrity if you're going to do that thing you want to do. You got to be in integrity if you're going to quit apologizing. You got to be in integrity with yourself. If you're really going to do what you got to do, you got to get in integrity and say, I'm going to go face my fears. So I think as speakers, if you know your message, which we all do, you know what you want to be doing because you got called to this because, okay, some of us just want to be on stage and you know that's it. But I know that's not true. Everybody's called to this because there's something you want to give. There's something you want to teach. It becomes your mission. It becomes the reason for you doing this. It's what you stand for. And if you integrate that into your brand from the onset and do that exercise that I had this, the rest of the members do, what do you stand for? And it's kind of like Clay Ebers, you know, your, the quick intro. If you can say in five words or less what you stand for, you're going to have a much easier time as a speaker selling your message. When speakers are getting started, and there's certainly a lot of speakers that you know are listening and speakers that we work with that are in the early stages of that, yep. how much should, should they be, spe- be thinking about their personal brand and thinking about some of these big picture ideas? Because it's one thing, again, when we talk about a Nike or an Amazon or Google yep. or Starbucks, and like they are very adamant about thinking through their brand and the perception and protecting the brand versus um, for speakers early on who are getting started, and not just for speakers, but anybody who's getting started in some type of business or personal brand, it's also a part of just like, I'm just kind of making up as I go and I'm just trying to get traction and I'm just trying mm-hmm. to get something going. So thinking through a personal brand feels like, I don't even know what I'm trying to come up with um, right. because I'm not even, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going. So how do you, how do you think about personal brand, especially early on in a business as you're trying to get traction? I, so I used to do this with clients all the time and the place I would start and, and small business. I mean, when I was in corporate, it was a whole different game because I was hiring ad agencies and all that stuff to do it. But you always start at the same place. And I'm going to come back to what I just said. It's what do you stand for? And what is it that you want to help people do? If you can get tied on that, the fonts, the colors, the look, the feel, all that stuff will come over time. So I'm going to take a guess, Grant, that um, you've been through a few iterations of what booked and paid to speak looks like, would be my guess. Sure. Yeah. 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 So you didn't just suddenly start out like, okay, this is where we are today. It's like we had to get to know our brand. I've had to get to know my brand over the years because I started in one space and now I'm here and I know now I'm in this really beautiful space where I know it's about being bold. I know it's about that whole apology thing and that the color schemes and everything, this is what works for me. I've always been a color guy, but I had to like, okay, what does this look like? And here's the interesting twist. I had big, bright colors when I first started my brand as the coming out coach. Didn't work because they were too bright. Yeah. It's too scary. Now, of course, if I'd thrown a rainbow on there, that could have been one way, but it wouldn't have worked either because people who are coming out are like, wait, I'm not ready. I've got to have the moment that we switched the color scheme and softened everything to some like really beautiful blues and some, you know, just softer, almost earth tones and stuff. The interaction started to be completely different. Yeah. Because it created a safe space. And so I'm going to go back to your website right now because 
what I like about booked and paid to speak. And, and yes, he did pay me to say this. So I'm just going to say it because you know, he's paying me good money here. <laughs> Is it creates a sense of safety, trust, and it has that business sense to it without it being like so stiff. There's like, because the color schemes are the grays and the browns and stuff, to me, it keeps it warm and nice. Yeah. So you know you feel comfort. And even as I, you know, I've gone through the webinars and stuff, I know how we present everything now that I'm on the other side of the stuff. It is about making people feel comfortable. And so as a speaker, don't get too hung up on that stuff because it's going to evolve. But one day you're going to hit and then you're going to go, ah, oh, yeah, this is, yeah, this is actually what I'm supposed to feel like. This right. is exactly how it's supposed to feel. So to kind of put a bow on this for a speaker that's listening like, the, like the, right now and going, okay, I haven't really, wherever I'm at in my journey, I haven't put a lot of thought into my personal brand or what, yeah. what that, you know, what that brand, um, what kind of emotions that that brings out for other people. Where do I even begin? What, what are some of my next steps from here? I would talk about what you value, you know, sit down with yourself and go, okay, what are my, my, my three or four values as a business, as a speaker, understand your own core values. Go back to our basic thing of who do you speak to? What problem do you help them solve? And how do you solve that? Because that begins to become your message, your mission, all that sort of stuff. Right. And then simply take those. If you took those two things and you know how to communicate your values, you know what you stand for and you can see how you solve the problem and what the experiences someone's going to have with you, Take those four things and let's spend a little bit of time and say, okay, based on the values, how I want people to experience me, what my message is, and how I solve a problem. If you can just kind of sit with that and then go, if I were going to pick a color, if I were going to pick a look for business cards and all this, and I, folks, I trust me, I don't think you need business cards as a speaker, but that's a whole nother show, right? Yeah, yeah. Think of how simple you can present that brand just from those perspectives because people are going to touch and feel that brand based on those things. Right. And I think people miss that so often. It doesn't have to be anything big. It can be very simple. And simplicity, simplicity, simplicity makes the sale, whether it's your website, your business card, your emails that you send outbound to try to get gigs the simpler it is and the easier it is, and here's straight out of Grant's mouth, the easier it is for people to interact with you in all levels of your brand, the easier it is going to be for you to get gigs. Very true. Very true. Rick, this was really good, man. We appreciate the time. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can we go? Uh, Just go to rickclemens.com and um, that's my website and you'll find everything, podcasts, all that good stuff. Awesome. And if you are listening right now and saying, hey, listen, I want more help, training, coaching, support from people and coaches like Rick, then uh, you definitely want to check out our elite program. We, uh, If you'd like to do that, you can go over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply to learn more. And uh, we'd love to, love to hear from you. So Rick, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Of course, man. Thank you. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that uh, conversation with Rick Clemens talking about all things speaker branding. Hey, again, if you like this and you want to hear, hear more of it, then uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you you uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We really do appreciate that. And then like we talked about, if you'd like to work with myself and Rick and our other coaches and helping you 
buying and book speaking gigs, then you definitely want to go over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. You can have a one-on-one conversation with uh, our team to learn more about what you're looking for and how we can best help you and support you in your speaking business. So again, you can go over to thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right, my friends, that wraps up episode 241. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.